and welcome to the eighth episode of the BPD Bunch talk show. We have a panel of people who are in functional recovery from borderline personality disorder, and each week a few of us get together to discuss BPD-related topics to help give you insights into the different ways BPD can be expressed in someone's life. We also cover the different paths we followed on our recovery journeys to help give you hope and direction for your own. I'm your host, Zanny, and today I am here with Madurama, Alex, Lena, Karis, and Melanie. How's everybody doing today? Did you want us to pick an emotion word for today? You can pick an emotion word for today. What's your emotion word for today? Um, I think excited. Excited. I like that. Yeah. I like nervous sighted. It's like a mix of nervous and excited. I feel yeah. like that's my constant state these days. Yeah, it's a good one. Really relatable. I woke up rocky, but I'm glad that I am here because that always helps. You know, action over anxiety. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. To keep yeah. going. Hell yeah. So today we're going to be talking about the seventh symptom in the DSM, which is chronic feelings of emptiness. I like to differentiate with this one um, what the like felt sense of it is because I think that, you know, it's a pretty vague description, right? There are, I think, aspects to it of like existential angst and, and sort of like boredom. Um, but the real piece of it is like this, this visceral feeling of emptiness of just like, you know, I know for me, it sort of felt like I was like on a little island and this like carved, there was like a huge canyon around me of just like nothingness. Um, and I think for a lot of us too, it can also really be associated with loneliness. Not just feeling lonely in the day-to-day -day reality, but also like loneliness in just the universe, really. Just feeling like I am alone completely. Um, and I know I've heard somebody describe it before too, of just like, you know, sort of feeling only like a real person around other people. And I remember like feeling that way, like when I was alone, I just, I felt like I wasn't, it was, it was sort of like I was like a, a robot that would like power down when I was alone and it would only like turn back on around other people. The part that you said about only feeling like a person around other people, I say that all the time. I feel like it's not just that I don't feel like a person, I feel like I don't exist. Um, and I know that my... I tend to carry a little bit of uh, histrionic personality disorder traits also, which makes like maybe my, my craving for attention a little bit stronger than perhaps like the average BPD experience. But it's like, I feel completely untethered to reality or I felt completely untethered to reality when I was alone. It was like, I don't know what I feel. I don't, what, what even is life? I think there were, there's a very key difference too. And you're kind you were kind of touching on it. Um, between a lot of the time we feel super depressed and low and there's times in my life where I'm like super, super depressed and, but I'm, but, and then there's times where I'm just, I'm still happy, but I feel empty. And there's a differentiation between feeling empty and then also just being depressed. And we get, there's a lot of confusion, um, in the BPD community. Well, how can I be empty, but I'm still feeling pleasant sometimes. And, you know, how can I just be around people also and feel empty? Or how can I be constantly searching? And I'll be with my fiance and he'll look at me and be like, what's up? Like, where are you? 
And I'm like, I know I should be enjoying my life completely, or I am kind of pleasant or in a state. I'm not fully depressed, meaning I don't want to lay in bed all day long, but I'm, I feel a hole. I feel wooden. I feel numb. I feel dead inside right now. What the F is going on? And I don't know about the rest of you, if that just comes and goes. And um, as I've been doing research, there it's the hardest symptom out of all of them to actually observe and talk about in research because how can you even explain why all of a sudden you just feel like a bag of emptiness for me my symptoms like that one specifically was one of my biggest uh triggers to me that there was something wrong um when i started to um it's kind of a weird thing but uh my symptoms got a lot worse after my breast cancer treatment um, back in 2011, I went on chemo, um, but it was the first thing I went to my doctor about. I just said, I feel blah. And that was it. I, I don't, I'm not depressed. I'm not, I don't have anxiety. I don't, well, I did have, but like just overall, just blah. Like I had no motivation to do anything. Um, I wasn't sad. I, I didn't identify with anything being wrong, except that I just felt blah um and so i that's when i started medicating what do you mean you were medicating i started taking a uh, an sri so but before that i hadn't been on any kind of medication before like on a regular basis right for um my mood or anything like that i want to go back to what melanie said a few minutes ago how it's different than depression i really like that you brought that up because i guess i never really fully thought about this but for me like the physical sensations of emptiness and the physical sensations of depression are very similar like i really feel my emotions in my chest like no matter what the feeling is but when i'm depressed i've like i've described it as just feeling like my chest is like on the floor like i feel so heavy and emptiness to me feels really similar i think like the difference is is that it does come up randomly sometimes, um, usually when I'm bored. Um, but it's like, it feels like there's literally like someone cut a hole out in my chest and it just, it's feels like I could like fall into that hole. It's, and I have to now be very, like, I've become very mindful to what I'm feeling. So when I notice that I, I kind of just start to be like, okay, like, like either distract yourself with something to kind of pull you out of this or, or just tell yourself like, it's okay. Like you're, you're not alone. Um, and that feeling also really comes with this feeling of like what, what Leda said, that's like feeling completely alone in this world and feeling like you don't exist. And I also have to remind myself that like, I do exist without another person. Um, especially when you're like not in a, in a, like a romantic relationship, I felt like that feeling gets worse. Uh, like I've noticed thinking like I, I feel like I don't exist if someone doesn't like want me or need me and um I just like have learned to like sit with that and realize that it's just like kind of lies that I've been telling myself and I completely exist as my own person these are just like weird feelings I experience sometimes I think the feeling of emptiness is was mostly triggered in me when I was around other people like when you're in a room of people and it suddenly would hit you that nobody understands you or nobody will get you and you're uh, surrounded by lots of people but that hollow feeling in your chest just won't go away like no matter how much fun you're having no matter how much how much you talk to someone no matter how much you try to open up 
it just does not go away. It's like right there sitting in your chest like a vacuum and it's sucking everything in. It's like this big void inside and you just won't be able to fill it. Like it felt like that a few years ago. I used to think that once I graduate high school and once I get into college and I would probably be happy because probably that would satisfy me or probably that would bring the sense of satisfaction into my life that something is missing but when I got into college and I realized that no that didn't make it better it took me a long while to realize that this chronic void or this whole feeling was like an emotion of its own and not this thing that I was just supposed to live with or like randomly fill with accomplishments or something. I think this is one of the, this is a symptom where like the the favorite person really comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where I think I still experience this symptom. Um, so I don't necessarily feel like those chronic feelings of emptiness as much anymore, but I definitely feel like more alive with my, my favorite person, right? Um, and I think that's that's kind of where we develop this sense of like a favorite person is like, my moods are their moods, my state is their state. So like I can I can sort of like attach onto them like a parasite and have their feelings be mine because I don't know what mine are and they feel really like nothing. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's, it's really hard to kind of separate and develop like a sense of self when like I just I just feel like nothing unless I'm feeling like noticed or recognized or appreciated right um it's really hard to develop like a an internal sense of like recognition and appreciation for ourselves it's so important for me to have external validation it's like people talk about FOMO with social media and like doing things for the likes and whatever and I mean there's there's a fine line but I feel like I need a little bit of social media. I don't I don't need to be glued to it all the time, but I it is very important for my sense of well-being um to see that there are people out there who remember me and who like me. Um you know like my uh, old teacher from grade 3. You know, she's on my Facebook and every once in a while she'll like one of my photos that I post and I'm just like, "Oh, like yeah, that person loves me." And then I just like, I get such a big kick out of it. And and that's so important for me because I don't even remember that other people exist if I'm just going from home to work and work to home. I, I call external, um, when you're saying external validation, I call this approval addiction. Um, <clears throat> and funny enough, I believe a lot of chronic emptiness and this constant seeking to fill this cup. For me now, I use this expression every single day, but social media is for information, not gratification. But we go sometimes for a different reason. And it's not always so bad, right? If we're using it with an understanding, right? And so for me, sometimes I'm going, oh no, like what's what's going on here? And I have to check myself with that emptiness, right? And Matarima, you, you mentioned and you kept going, okay, I thought when I got to this part of my life, it would all feel great. And I thought I got to this part of my life, it would all feel great. And I got to this part of my life, it would all make sense. It's like when you get on social media, I thought I got to this like, and I posted this, I would get all these likes and it would feel great. And then I got to this part and I got the next post and it feels great. It's almost like ding, ding, ding. You hear these things. 
sometimes we got to ask ourselves, is it the post? Is it the likes? What is it? And it, the purpose has to be greater than all of this. You know, why are we doing what we do every single day? And that's honestly one of the greatest things that's ever filled my chronic emptiness. It's why I get up every day. It's yeah. purpose. It's literally having purpose. And that ties to my identity, identity of who I am. I love that, Melanie. I think for me, like the symptom that lingered on the most, like out of all the BPD symptoms was the that feeling of emptiness. And it took until I, I figured out like a hundred percent what I'm doing in my life and what I'm doing it for and what the goal is. Like, and I felt a sense of like, I don't know, a sense of self that's completely separate from anyone else and anything else that I stopped, like I stopped feeling that like a lot more off. Like I stopped feeling that so often and I feel it very rarely now because I have something that fills myself up. And I, I love the way that you put that, Melanie. I really like also that you mentioned the thing about identity because emptiness mm -hmm. largely comes from unstable identity, right? Like I, mm -hmm. I, I read about this this morning. I was like, you know, I was like, what, what does make this different from depression or even dissociation? Because for me, that's another one where I feel like well, it's very challenging because dissociation for me carries a huge range of intensity. I'm almost always a little bit dissociated. I'm almost always a little bit detached from my emotions. How is that different from emptiness? It's That's really hard to say. Um, and And I think not when you don't know who you are or why you do anything, it's hard to attach any kind of meaning or value to whatever it is that you experience because there's no frame of reference. There's no gauge. There's nothing pointing you. And I think the thing that's interesting for that I think about in terms of recovery is just that does anybody ever 100% know who they are? Like, I, I feel like that's one of those things that like, when you get to a point where maybe you, you would say like, well, this isn't BPD, it's just normal stuff. But like, normal average like it's it's what most Healthy. humans probably experience right I think there is a point where I I judge I guess I'm saying I judge myself so harshly I'm like oh I feel a little bit empty today man I must still have like the I must still have BPD I'm like this horrible broken person it's like everyone's kind of searching to be better and, and find out who they are and, and and that's a lifelong process that doesn't have anything to do with being disordered um, but that's hard figuring out all of those things. A lot of stuff that we're saying is human. There's just like that one step difference where it's like feeling kind of like you don't exist without that other, you know, those people validating. But the ironic thing, at least something I notice, is that when I'm on social media, like the more I'm on social media, the more empty I feel. Because that's the more we're comparing ourselves to other people, you know, or the more we're seeking this external validation when really we we need to learn how to fill our own cup. We need to like know who we are without the existence of other people, without putting something on our Instagram story and only feeling like it really happened yeah. if people are looking at it, you know? Yep, 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 yep. yep. For me, a big thing is a dissociation. So it's not even just dissociating from my emotions. It's dissociating from like, did I accomplish this task? I don't remember. For me, it's very different from the the feeling of emptiness uh, because my the feeling of emptiness for me was just kind of like, yeah, it was just like the heavy feeling blah. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. I There's so many of them that do tie in together, but I think we each experience them differently too, like listening to everybody talking about them. I still have a hard time, I'll be honest. Like I have a hard time telling the difference between dissociation and emptiness because I have this very odd combination of like under control and over controlled way of being. Certain emotions, it's usually anger and positive emotions, get all get get all of my emotional energy. Shame, sadness, fear, guilt, all all become anger or they get just shoved into a box and for so when I'm feeling empty it's almost like this this trepidation like I, I I feel empty I feel disconnected but there's also always something behind me that's just waiting to come out and grab me and drag me under um and though I think those are all the things that I put in the box but it's hard it's hard to really identify that or talk about it. it. It just feels very abstract. And even as I'm saying this, I'm like, does this even make any sense? Does this sound related at all to the conversation? It's almost like you're, you've got this looming, that loomingness that, and I was going to say similar to that, but what helps me really much mindfulness, like, and really being here, because with that existentialism that we've been talking about, I'll get really rabbit holy meaning I'll go into this tangent of what's the point? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Who am I? In that moment, I'm just emotion mind. We, know, we all know emotion mind at that moment. And I go right into that tangent and I'm going to go into a whole thing and I'm just going to end up on the, lying on the floor going, woe is me, existential emptiness. It's not going to happen for me right now. So instead, I go and I be effective. It's fine. I could feel the feelings. But I, I know in that moment, how can I be effective? So I, I go into mindfulness. I do whatever I can into being in that moment, in, in whatever I do. If it's watching a movie, if it's a, eating a nice meal, anything, anything other than that existential crisis that I want to have. For our listeners who aren't familiar with the states of mind, right? In DBT, we talk about uh, there being three states of mind. There's reasonable or irrational mind, emotion mind and wise mind um, and where reasonable mind is really logical um, very focused on sort of like facts and can can in some ways almost be like obsessive about that um, emotion mind is very like mood dependent quick acting you know hot tempered right you know it's that state we're in where everything I do is based on my emotions, which I think, you know, a lot of us with BPD can really associate, you know, can really relate to the emotion mind uh, often more than the ration mind, you know, and this is where like we develop mood dependent behavior where everything we do is kind of dependent on our mood in that moment. Um, and so if I'm, you know, feeling a lot of shame or emptiness or whatever come up, then it's going to start to feel like nothing in my life means anything. And that's where I think that it's really hard to develop a true sense of self with this emptiness, because as much as there are things in my life that bring me meaning and a sense of purpose, um, I'm very quickly, when I get into a difficult mood state going to say, well, none of that matters, it's not important, or I'm not good at that anyway, right? And so I think that's where also we have to develop a, um, a sense of ourselves that isn't just based on, you know, what we do in the world, like, you know, what, what our, 
career is, you know, who we're friends with, what have you, right? Like, what what makes me me? What makes me a human when I'm by myself, too? Um, and I think that's, you know, when I was, like, initially going through BPD recovery, I think that's what helped me a lot is, is finding this balance between really developing my sense of self in the world with, you know, my job and my friends and my community and, you know, hobbies and spiritual groups or what have you, all these things, right? But also spending time alone to get really comfortable with, you know, who I am just as like baseline human being, you know, <laughs> like just the, the starter package of, okay, I'm just a person, right? And am I okay with just not even, you know, because I think we can start to feel like we are our accomplishments. And if I'm not accomplishing everything, right, you know, then I'm going to start to feel empty again. Um, and so, you know, we have to be comfortable just being nobody, kind of, you know, <laughs> like, I remember when I, um, I first like went viral on TikTok, and I started to get a bunch of followers, I was like, oh, I'm going to become like a TikTok therapist influencer, and what have you, blah, blah, blah. And, and then as it tends to go, it slowed down, and then just kind of plateaued, right. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm not going to be somebody with 2 million followers. What does that mean now? What is What does this platform mean to me if I only have 14,000 followers? <laughs> like, can I be okay with that? Right? And I think that especially like social media, we can get so like, so wrapped up in who is seeing me, who is noticing me, is, is everybody like, is everybody watching me, right? Do, am I doing, am I doing the good thing? Like, am I getting the <laughs> recognition? And it's like, yeah, like, it's, it's totally fine. Like, I, I actually think, and this is where it kind of ties back to what you're saying, Melanie, about mindfulness is like, you know, I started to just connect with the people who were following me instead. And now I don't ever want to get too many followers because then I'm going to get stalkers and death threats and stuff. <laughs> Everything in life can get a little bit mixed up at times. And when we start to remember and get mindful with things and start to really just take a simple moment and get mindful, we just sit there for a second and remember that life is about those simple moments and take a deep breath it can get a lot happier at those times, right? And that's actually recovery. It's in those simple moments. It's not the TikTok, it's not the, the post, it's not any of that stuff. It's about those five people that you've touched that day or you touched yourself, that sounds so odd, or you touched yourself. But it's about that, so much more of what you I just said. I touched myself. Self, yeah, exactly. But it's <laughs> so much more than that. For me, it was really that that whole filling myself up with, something that I enjoy doing. Like once I decided that I want to like focus my research career on BPD and like having that purpose and like this sense of advocacy slash like using my intelligence to be able to like do research is like, that's when I realized like, this is what I'm living for. And this is what I'm working towards every day. And like sometimes I think that's when the emptiness creeps in is when I like finish doing work at night could be like 10 o'clock at night or on the weekends if I'm like getting kind of lazy and I want to stop working on a paper. I'm like, that's when I start, that emptiness starts to creep in because I'm not working towards something. But then this is when the other thing that I've been using to deal with it comes in is just like that noticing, like just noticing that I'm feeling empty right now, noticing that I'm 
feeling the urge maybe to reach out to someone because I'm feeling like I don't exist without talking to someone and kind of like letting that urge go or reaching out to people that might be more healthy in that situation instead of like someone who's maybe more unhealthy to reach out to, to fill up, you know, fill my cup. Um, so just like re be really being mindful. So having something in your life that's really worth working towards and that makes you feel like you're doing like a per like something that's purposeful. And then also just noticing when it comes creeping back up and being able to just sit with it and know that it's not like, it's not telling you the truth. If it's telling you that you're alone, it's, that's just not true. Like, I mean, you could, you could physically be alone in the moment, but like, you're not alone in this world. Um, and that's just, to me, that was like, that's, that's how I deal with it, like constantly. I think being mindful is, was the, is still is the main way that I could cope with it. And also keeping in mind about the transient nature of thought that you know a lot of people that they talk about with mindfulness is that you sit with your thoughts and you breathe and you notice your breathing and you see that how like every one of your breath or every one of the sensation in your body it's transient it arises and then it goes away and so are your thoughts like your thoughts are also transient and uh, if one thought is like arising right now, so they will eventually go away. It does not have to, like, you do not have to live your life surrounding that one thought that you, that came into your mind in this one particular moment. And since uh, there's been a lot of time in the past when my chronic feeling of emptiness was mostly triggered by um, the lack of self-worth or like unstable identity, I think slowly building up my own stable sense of self that yes I am also a person of my own outside my work outside my achievements like all of you mentioned like yes even if I'm like feeling very lazy I'm in my bed reading a book and having a milkshake I'm equally worth like love and care uh like any other person and it does not make me a lazy person or somebody who's like doing things for attention so like loving the worst versions of myself and knowing that yes on bad days I'm still worthy of all the good things that I'm worth on my good days so this whole thing has been a big part of the process where I think it helps deal with the feeling like I still feel that emptiness coming in at times but now I know that it's not going to last and I am this person who's going to be able to like battle it out or like wait it out. Participating effectively has been a huge mindfulness skill like for me um, as far as being able to interact it. So it's like it by mindfully and effectively participating in things in life. It, it's like putting deposits in the the piggy bank of sense of self um and uh that i can i can withdraw on later um for me as well is it's like really important for me to have selfies uh, of myself in lots of different moods um feeling different emotions i have so many pictures of myself crying on my phone i have pictures of myself angry and happy and so when I'm feeling these things I I can look at those pictures and remind myself that I've gotten through it 
like, hey, look, there I am looking absolutely distraught. And like, it's in the end of the world. And like, I can never recover from this. But nope, because the very next picture, I look like a lunatic smiling with like crazy, sparkly, like crazy eyes, right? So <laughs> it just helps me to remember the, the transience of all of that, that, you know, I'm going to get through this. No matter what it is, I'm going to get through it because I've done it before and there's proof. Like I'm looking at it. I think for me, like both, I, I have needed to just engage in activities that I wanted to achieve more of a sense of mastery with, but also be okay with that I might never be. Like I have gotten really into dance and I, I'm not the best dancer in the room and like far from it at, at these classes I go to and going to, you know, these classes where people have been dancing their whole lives. And, you know, I didn't do any of that stuff as a kid, um, but I'm improving at it according to my own scale of, you know, how I was before and where I'm going, you know, like I don't care how other people are doing, you know, it's like I'm achieving my own sense of mastery over it. Um, and sometimes also I just need to kind of shift my focus for myself. Like I think uh, Madurama, you mentioned like that feeling of like coming home from like a long day of activities and fun and then that feeling of sense of emptiness. I do still feel that sometimes. And so what I do is I just say, okay, I'm gonna take my dog out because I know that will make her happy. And then I completely forget how empty I'm feeling because I'm not like so focused on myself, you know, and my partner was like, you take Iris out a lot. And I was like, well, it makes her happy and it kind of makes me happy too. <laughs> I have three things I'll try to make as short as possible. One of them is that I'm, I try to be in my life. Um, I think I used to hide in emptiness, which is weird because I used to complain about like how empty and numb and boring it felt, but there is an aspect of safety there also. It's like the devil you know, in a way. And so I try to be in myself and in my emotions a lot more. Um, and the, the, the other two things are not like therapy skills. Um, and they're definitely not going to apply to everyone. But one of them is I became a Christian in 2013. And that having faith in something bigger than myself and believing that I have a place in this world that is not connected to people, it's connected to something outside of reality that helped me to have a compass when I felt lost. Um, and the, the other thing is I get help from other people. My husband does a really good job when I'm feeling like my accomplishments aren't amounting to enough. He makes me go into the bathroom and look at myself in the mirror and tell myself all the little things that I'd write that day especially like earlier in our relationship and when we were first married a couple of years ago, it was I really needed somebody outside myself to do that. And I think that's one of the challenging things when we talk about recovery. It's like you don't want to have to need somebody else to get better because there's no guarantee that people are always going to be there. And at the same time, it really helps. There's a balance for everything, really. You were talking about like mirror work and right now I'm doing self-compassion in therapy. And I would say it's quite possibly the hardest thing on the planet for me. Like just learning how to give myself love. And I think that's really closely tied to what I was talking about. The way I'm always giving so mm -hmm. much love to other people to get that validation back. And 
to keep that circle going. And so I think it's a very beautiful thing, even just saying, look, I need that help. And him showing you, well, no, I need you to show yourself the love, the things I see in you. And that's a lot of the support that I get in my relationship right now as well. And it's really hard for me because I'm a people pleaser and it's really hard for me to do the self-compassion work. But another thing um, Lena was talking about is doing those mastery skills, you know, on, and she was talking about coming home and then feeling, you know, you're doing all these mastery skills and activities, but as well as the purposeful skills. But also another thing is doing the things that I don't want to do and that not regretting it afterwards. For example, I woke up this morning and I, I have to be honest with all you guys, I wasn't really in the mood for anything. I wasn't in the mm -hmm. mood to be here. And the days that I do the things that I don't want to do when I'm feeling empty or when I'm feeling just not wanting to, the, the willfulness, which is not willingness, meaning I'm really willful right now. I don't want to be here. I don't want to do that. Those are the days that I feel really accomplished. My partner and I, we tell each other, uh, you did a hard thing today. Like we remind each other, hey, you, if I'm like, oh, I feel like crap. Like this happened and that happened and then, and then, and then, and then. It's like, yeah, but you, you did a hard thing. That was a really hard thing that a lot of people wouldn't be able to do. And you did that. And it's usually involving having um, like uh, sort of having that self-compassion. Like it, it, it really helps build that because when you can remind yourself like that you did that, like it just, it helps. It's like so important to like keep reminding ourselves that even if, it's like the small wins, they still count. I mean, I didn't use, I never considered it until like a year back when I actually started beginning my recovery journey. And I remember like the first time I went to therapy a couple of years back, my therapist uh, gave me a homework and she asked me uh, to write 10 positive things that I think about myself, which is a very common thing I think they give. And I think that was the first time, I, the first point in my life where I realized that I don't like myself and it never hit me before. And after all this journey and after all these processes and these awful days and beautiful days in between, like right here, right now, if I do something, like accomplish even the littlest bit of task, like if I'm being able to wake up in the morning and I'm not feeling like doing anything but I'd still walk to the hospital and do my duty and come back home and I would be really proud of myself and I just remember to like at least acknowledge that achievement if not anything else because that is a really win-win situation for me so I think it's like really important to like count our wins as much as we count our losses so I love celebrating the small things I think that's part of what contributes to emptiness, right? Is when it seems like the small things don't matter, but like really our lives are mostly small things. And that's, I think I've come to realize that those small things are what make my life worth living. The little, the little, the little wins and the little losses, all of the different, all the different things that we experience on a regular basis. And like we're not preparing ourselves for like one big whole moment or like one showdown. It's like making the moment that we're in, making this one count. 
am I doing the best I can? Am I happy? I think that matters instead of like preparing ourselves for like a major moment, which might not even be that big of a deal like when it comes. So we can use as many skills as we want, but you sometimes have to just sit there and go, you know what? what's something small right now and what gratitude and what appreciation would you have just in general life moves fast and that's an important thing to realize you gotta look around and just realize like i love this chair i love my you know my clock i love my coffee in the morning like it's so important because life is hard right but life also could be super great and 24 hours is a long day and a year is a long time and life moves fast, but you could do so much. We can do so much. The beauty that we have found, like how to really, really enjoy the small things and to live in the moment can just add so much enrichment and joy and beauty to other people's lives. Thank you everyone for watching and uh, hanging out with us today. Make sure to like, subscribe, and turn on your notifications so you do not miss any of our content. We will be back next week talking about intense rage and anger. So tune in for that and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.